The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. the sports complex here on the horn gonna get in some nfl some nba if we got time another clip from e and robbie talking about xavier worthy and where he may rank in nfl draft standings and where he may end up and all of that uh some good stuff from them earlier this morning and of course more of your text messages 512-447-3776 just asking you just asking if you have any things else you want to talk about the texas uh the, the playoff game go ahead and text that in if you want to Talk about the big fat poll. The big fat poll today is Texas back. And if they, what does that mean to you? What do they got to do to do it? It's only one season. So you may say, well, I need to see more than one season. I need to see continued success. You may say it's it's more than they've done. Or maybe you can say, no, we can look and see what's happening. In the top recruiting classes, the player development, everything looks bright and sunny. Here we are. Just let me know on the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, let's talk a little Cowboys, all right? And then I'm going to get back to the text line. But let's talk a little Cowboys first because I do want to bring up uh, the game that, uh, you know, we're, we're not getting too much. We'll get tomorrow. We'll start talking about the Cowboys uh, going on and uh, playing their last game of the season. But uh, there it may be some issues as they go into the playoffs and all of that. But uh, let's just go back in the Lions Cowboys because I haven't talked to you. I know it's Wednesday, but we haven't talked since the game happened uh, about this. Uh, and the Cowboys winning 2019, there is a lot of – uh, controversy after this game, and and first off, just to put everything aside, for Lions fans, it is now Wednesday. Move on, move on. Nothing's going to change. Uh, complaining about this bite still to Wednesday is not the winning mindset. It's not, and I know the Lions have started to move on, and it's more of the fans and it's people getting mad. The NFL's not rigged. No one's set out to get against you. Uh, you were trying to run a play that you know you were trying to do some things. That wasn't, you know, you were trying to be clever and tricky, and you tricked the wrong person. And that was it. You you sent three guys over to the refs to to get one to uh to to uh to to claim to be eligible to click check in as eligible. You've been checking a different guy in eligible all game, so that you were trying to throw them off by having three guys go up to the ref. You had, you were trying to throw them off by getting another guy constantly eligible and not throwing to him just to throw everybody off. And, and look, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but if your entire win and loss of and this is the season and uh, the Lions, you know, chances are over because a, a trick play didn't work, that's the problem. The fact, or the, you know, the fact that you go, man, this we got screwed out of that game. I mean, golf threw two interceptions in it, but we got screwed. It's just a weird. Like I get it. I when I used to play sports and that was a deal, and I was raised in a way that when you lost, you could be mad about it. You'd be mad about the refs for about an hour or two hours, and then you looked at what you did. And you said, okay, well, we should have won the game. We should have had a shot in that game. If we didn't throw the interceptions, if we didn't do this, we didn't do that. We we cost ourselves the fact that we were down going into the game. We mixed an extra point. That is the reason we lost the game. So the Cowboys get the win. I, I'm not I'm not buying into the re- – I know people hate – you know, people want to make everything rigged and when it's not. It's not. Uh, but in that game, you also saw 
Uh, the Cowboys do two things very well. Get the ball to CeeDee Lamb, 13 catches for 227 yards, which you love to see. Dak Prescott had a good game, not a great game. But 20 points for this Cowboys offense is not where you want to see them be. You'd like to see them be a little bit more productive of getting into the end zone. You'd like to see them finishing drives, and it goes back to the problem that the Cowboys are continuing to have because 19 points isn't bad against the Lions. But 20 points is not great. You need to start putting up more points than that. Uh, is that the run game is just not happening. Tony Pollard, 16 carries for 49 yards. He he's was said today that he hasn't done what he wanted to do, that he hasn't been the guy that he wants to be and the player that he wants to be this season. He has to keep working. He says there's no lingering injuries. But we saw Rico Dotto was out in that game, so Deuce Vaughn came in. He had two carries, a yard apiece on the carry, so he is not there. He's now been checked in. He's now on the injured reserve, so Deuce Vaughn is done for the season. It does open up a position because we've said all year that they've been kind of in a bad place, the Cowboys have, because they have three running backs on their roster and three quarterbacks, and they couldn't let go of Deuce Vaughn because someone would probably pick him up because he's a young guy. He's a rookie. Uh he has shown flashes that you could use him in the correct package. So some team could go pick him up on his rookie contract and say, well, if we just add another rookie. We're high on the waiver wire. Why not add another rookie, right? Uh, so that you couldn't just cut him. Uh, so you had to keep him on the roster so you couldn't put him on the practice squad. Then you go over to Trey Lance, which you can't cut him because someone will definitely pick him up and put him on and give him a try if you let him go. You had to trade for him. So you, those are two guys that are not ever going to play for you, but that you have to keep on your active roster. Uh, but now that CJ, now that Deuce Vaughn is out, it does open up. The Dalvin Cook got uh, Dalvin Cook got cut. Now he's he's not looked good. He did not look good for the Jets at all. We know he didn't look good for the Jets. We know that you know a lot of people are saying he might be done. And Enrico Dottle technically has better grades at some point than than uh, Dalvin Cook does. He wasn't able to get going. I'm just saying, if I'm the Cowboys and if I'm Jerry Jones, I am trying anything, anything to find another uh, run of the running back and trying anything to get a couple more yards per carry out of my running back position to be able to carry the ball a few more times. We know Mike McCarthy last said, oh, we're going to run the ball more this season. That was a problem. And then Jerry Jones gets pissed off because Zeke – because uh, everyone's telling him to cut Zeke, and he's getting pissed off because that's his guy, and he likes his guys, and he doesn't want to cut Zeke, but he knows financially it's the right decision to cut Zeke, but he's going to prove it and shove it down everybody's throat that he was right and Zeke was the guy by not signing another running back. He doesn't like free agency, but this how can you not like free agency if you're an owner when you look at the running backs and guys are signing for $2 million and $1 million, and they're signing tiny contracts? How would you not love that? How could you not have gone out? You signed Ronald Jones out of everybody, a guy who couldn't make it, a guy who was already basically out of the league. You signed him was the guy you signed because Jerry couldn't make the decision. He he drafted Deuce Vaughn for the, for the footage, and it's going to end up costing his team because they just don't have a run game, and teams are now being able to sort it out. Now, CeeDee Lamb had to have a 227-yard game. 227 yards he had to have for Dallas to be able to put up 20 points. You need to have some other support. Brandon Cooks is playing better. Brandon Cooks is there in, in key moments. Ferguson is getting better. There's more options, but there's one weapon right now, one weapon that you can use consistently on the Cowboys and CeeDee Lamb, and you need to have another one at the running back position. 
or at least not negative. And I think if you have another running back to spell Tony Pollard, some, especially on those plays where he's not going to be used, and you can put him on the bench a little bit more and put him back in and use him in different ways and try and get him used more in the role he was used last year, I think it make Tony Pollard and, and help him out some. But as long as he's your guy, you just have to forget the money you're paying at this point. Say $10 million, we've got to find the right way to do this. I think you need to, I, I, look, I'd be giving a hard look to Dalvin Cook. I know he didn't look good, but I'd be trying to figure out the reason why. And part of the reason may be that this Jets offensive line is complete garbage. Maybe you think you have a better one. I know they, they went out and they're looking at Leo Collins. Uh, they, I, reports were that they brought him to the practice squad. Uh, and then reports were that he said no deal was done yet. Uh, they brought in a linebacker as well, former linebacker, uh, Damian Williams. They brought him in uh, as well today to the practice squad, trying to bring in some of their old guys. Jerry Jones, I like our guys. But I think you need to go find a running back and go go, go find Emmitt Smith. Go find somebody else. You have to find another running back for Dallas. I know I'm, I'm just hitting my head against a wall at this point, but every single game it points to the same problem when you look at it is that there's no change of pace and it's kind of all just now all CeeDee Lamb and then you hope Brandon Cooks gets a good uh, gets a good break when you need to change it up and they triple team CeeDee Lamb. And I don't know if that's going to continue to work. The 49ers are getting a bye week this week because the Rams – are going to sit everybody. The Rams are basically, you know, the, the 49ers are sitting a lot of two guys. The Rams are sitting everybody too. So that's not going to be a game that you're going to want to tune into. But as for, uh, as for the Cowboys, look, Rico Dottles back in practice. That's a good sign. But if you've got another spot there, there's another spot. I know you may want to bring it in the O-line. Tyler Smith got hurt, but he's supposed to be back soon with the, the plantar fascia, plantar fascia in the foot. He's supposed to be back. Just go out and I get somebody. That's just what I'm saying. Uh, back on the text line, uh, this texter says, if the horns think they are back, they will never get there. You're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. To truly be back, to never be satisfied, and always looking the next goal, otherwise complacency sets in. So I hope Sark and the gang never feel they are back. I agree with this somewhat. You do have to continue to grow. You have to celebrate the wins. I think there's some flaw in this. This you can never be content because if you're never content, it means you're never happy. Which if you're never happy, you will eventually spiral out of control and go downhill. So I think you do have to celebrate the wins. Uh, the best thing you can do is try and be better every day. If you're better every day, you've been better 365 times in a year. You're doing pretty good. So I think Texas can continue to try and get better. They can tr- continue to try and step over. But if you say, "Well, you're either ripe, you're either growing," well, then what's Georgia doing? Because they can't grow. Are they done? I don't think they're done. I think they lost the game to Alabama. They got to figure it out. So I don't know if it's completely that, but I think you can celebrate your victories, and I can't think you can say, all right, we are getting ourselves back to where we are because you've got to recruit too, and you want to go in and recruit to a recruiting trip, and they go, hey, are you back? And you go, no, no, we're, we suck. We got to be better. You got to be able to celebrate the victories. And I know I'm taking this too far and, and it, it too on the line. I don't want to – uh, go too far, but I, I, you know, I think you can't say that I hope that Texas never thinks they're back. I hope Texas does think they're back because they are. And I'm not saying right now. I'm saying you know, hopefully in five years, and they're in the college football playoff every one of these years coming up, and they win a natty in there at least. And if you have that, then yeah, I hope they do think they're back because they are. But if they're not, then you, you don't want them to be. But I, I, I'm, I get the sentiment of it. But I'm not a hundred percent on board with it. But I get the sentiment, and I appreciate, and I appreciate you texting it. 
Arborhorn81 says, Dex Longhorns will be back when they get a legitimate pass rush from four defensive linemen and then complement that pass rush with high-end scheme blitzes. I still see no legitimate pass rush in these three years with PK's defenses. Their blitz, pack, their blitz packages are not working. Secondary will be better when pressure is applied to the quarterback. There's been very little of that in the past three years. When Texas becomes feared by opponents, Texas will be back. Arborhorn81. All right, I do think they are working on that. Uh, they basically built the offense first. And they said, we're going to build the offense because that's what Sark does, and we're going to build the offense first. And we played a clip of this uh, in the first hour from, uh, from Rod and Aaron talking about how they basically built this offense first, that we've got to get the offensive and defensive line down. we got to get big humans first. got to get big humans first, and that's what they did. And they got quarterback, and they got wide receivers, and they got flash players. And then they started to say, okay, now we need to get linebackers. We need to get some linebackers. And they started to build linebacker depth. But they hadn't built fully up the edges, and they hadn't built up the secondary. That this recruiting class right now, you're getting a lot more edges. You're getting a lot more DBs. This recruiting class, they're trying to build up in that back end in the defense. So they're trying to go. They get Trey Moore from UTSA. You get another guy. They're trying to build that. They're addressing that right now. And I get some people still don't like PK. PK did a good. PK kept a Washington offense that blew everybody. That was that was putting a ton of points out and, and held them to 37. And I know 37 doesn't seem like a small number, but it's a decent number of well, how well Michael Penix played. He could have put up more if this defense wasn't able to get some of those stops they were able to get. I, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not, I understand you want to see more blitzing and you want to see more pressure. I think you just need to continue to build that D line up and keep recruiting better and better edges. And the more you build that O line, that D line, the D line will continue to grow. So I think they're, I, I'm with you that if you want to say, well, we're not there because the recruiting classes haven't come in yet. And we're going to turn that edge. I'm with you. If you just say they need to get rid of who they're gods, I don't know what's good with that either. Uh, uh, this texter says Gideon's still finding ways to keep Texas out of the national championship game. Come on, man. That's There's no call for that. No call for that whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> this text says, what the heck is wrong with these coaches thinking we need to get rid of some of these coaches? We just went to the freaking playoffs. I, I agree that we are ahead of schedule. And I know Sark said that this was supposed to be in year three. I think we're ahead of schedule, so I don't I don't necessarily want to get rid of anybody and start rocking the boat. One of the Sark's things that he did really well was keep coaches and keep consistency and keep players happy because there wasn't constant turmoil. And something that Texas had for a long time was every time a coach's name would slightly get on the hot seat, they would start getting rid of everybody. And it started with Mac when he started to get in trouble and after that 09 season and things started to go. And then it was, okay, well, this is not working. Let's get rid of this guy and this guy. It's not a shot against any of these coaches. It's just what they do. It's what most people do. And Sark did the opposite. Sark said, I'm sticking with my guys. I trust them. I think we're going the right direction. He was right. So he's stuck with those guys. So if he makes that decision, then I'll go, okay, I'll look more into it. But until that point, I, you know, I'll be critical of a lot of things he does. I think it, it works to have some consistency in your coaching staff. So PK especially I have no problem with. I think he's a great guy, a defensive coordinator. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with all of his strategies. They're not flashy. They're not great, but it does work a lot of times. You do have to just improve the pass rush and secondary, but that's what you're doing in recruiting this season. That's what they've been looking at. That's what they've been going for, and uh, they're continuing to build that. Tech says, James Worthy missed the team bus to the Sugar Bowl. I did not hear that, no. Uh, Texas football, maybe. Uh, if, if you want to say if that meant to be Xavier Worthy, if that is, I think that's what you meant to say. Xavier Worthy, he was he was there. I just don't think he, I think he was hurt. I think he was hurt. Uh, if that's if it was supposed to be Xavier Worthy or if it was James Wiseman, if it was I don't know who. Uh, but if if it's X Man, then yeah, he just I don't think he could. Cut. I think that ankle was still an issue, 
and he probably practiced on it and tried to get through it. He, that that kid fights through a lot of pain and tries to stay out the field. How many times did he get knocked off and look like he was dying and then came back and played later in the game? Uh, the fact that he wasn't returning punts makes me believe that he just didn't have uh, the ability to plant and cut the way he usually does, and that's why he wasn't on there. Uh, and Texas says, Texas football may be back, but Texas as a whole can't be back until the basketball team does something crazy how they can't be good. I don't I mean they went to the sweet 16 last year. They went to the sweet 16 last year and they, they looked similar to what they look like this year. Uh, what they do in the basketball team and a wheel. Like we'll go more into basketball as football season wraps up. We'll get more into basketball, which is what I cover. I've covered for a long time. Uh, but this Texas basketball team is not a bad team. They, you know, they're going to take some time to grow. Dylan DeSue has just come back. Dylan DeSue getting worked into that lineup. Tyrese Hunter missed the last game, uh, which really hurt their, uh, their perimeter defense. Tyrese Hunter does play good perimeter defense. He's a little shorter, so some bigger guards can give him problems. But he does good play good perimeter defense. Uh, Dylan DeSue coming back, he will continue to work in that lineup. But I, I think this is a team that, if you look at what Rodney Terry does, this is what Chris Beard did as well. They really drill home the defense for the first part of the season, and it's about communication. It's about building up that defense. And you really work on that, and then the offense kind of becomes part of it. I think that's one of the reasons they wanted Max A. Smith is they felt that he would be kind of a stopgap until they get to where you know the offense as a whole is working, and then he'd be even better in that. But I think they thought Max A. Smith would be a little bit better of a creator uh, than he's been so far this season. But that's just growing pains of him stepping into a higher level of play than he was at at Oral Roberts, where he'll get better and better. But I think the shooting, the offense and the shooting percentage, that's, that was a problem last year, and this team did really well last year. This team succeeded last year, uh, but, you know, just losing out to a Miami team that was really good and, and very highly paid. And so, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the Texas, is necess- the Texas basketball is bad, uh, but I will go with that. Uh, Texter says, why was a guy with a cast on his arm uh, back to return a kickoff? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you that. Uh, if I had to guess, this is because Sark is an extremely loyal guy and he brought Keelan Robinson over with him from Alabama and I'm sure he's told him they would give him opportunities and I'm sure Keelan was on the sideline and they talked about it and they felt that either Jane Blue was getting too beat up or too winded in the game after carrying the ball a lot and so they wanted to try something else back there and it just didn't work. I'm, I have to believe that he was catching them in pregame with the cast on or if he was catching them somewhere else with the cast on. I can't believe that they put him out there without that. Uh, and maybe the kicker just kicked the ball slightly differently. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. Text line's still open. We'll get back to the text in just a minute. 512-447-3776. I uh, do want to admit a couple other things real quick. Uh, we didn't talk as well about the Texans versus the Titans. Good to see the Texans win their 26-3 uh, to three victory over the Titans. Uh, big piece of that, Devin Singletary, five point five yards of carry. Five yards of carry. If Texas can continue to run the football and Nico Collins is still out there in the field and being healthy, it helps out Robert Woods move into that number two position where he plays a lot better. When Robert Woods has to be the one, he's a little bit easier to be covered up. So you get there. C.J. Stroud had another uh, a good enough game to get the win. They are playing the Colts this weekend. Nobody, nobody thought that the AFC South was going to come down to this, uh, but it has in part. I'll get into this more tomorrow. But in part, because Trevor Lawrence is a tough guy who maybe, maybe shouldn't be allowed to make his own decisions when he comes back. 
I think that he has progressively gotten worse throughout the season because he is so beat up. And maybe a couple weeks off a couple weeks ago would have solved a lot of these problems that are now happening. Uh, but that's revisionist. That's uh, going back with 2020 vision. Uh, I would have said to pull him out when he had the concussion for more than four or five days anyway. But that's just me. Uh, but we'll get more into that tomorrow as we start to get into the, p- the playoff picture. Uh, the Cowboys right now just need a win. And they win the, the NFC South, which is huge for them after the Eagles have fell, fallen down and really had a bad season, uh, or a bad end of season, let's say. Uh, but they have that on, I believe, the sixth tiebreaker, fifth or sixth tiebreaker, which is conference record. They have that. Uh, the Texans are, of course, tied with the Colts and the Jaguars. They're going to need to win the division. Uh, they need the, to beat the Colts and the Jaguars lose to the Titans. So we actually have to root for the Titans this weekend. Uh, probably not going to happen, but the Texans fighting for it. Could still get in the playoffs without winning the AFC South, but something to watch for there. We'll get more into that tomorrow. Uh, and then we can also mention that the Panthers' David Tepper has been fired. Uh, fine, 300000 Wow, man, I hope. I know they uh, They wish. They wish that uh, that uh, that he got fired. He did not. He got fined $300,000, which for him is not a ton of money, uh, sadly. But uh, for throwing a drink out... Carolina needs to figure something out. They need to get a CEO in there or else they're going to end up like the commanders are or like a lot of other teams that have the owners like that that want to be too involved uh, but can't don't, don't bring the right attitude. It's not going to end well. Not going to end well for them. They continue to let him uh, be the face of this franchise, unwillingly be the face. I don't think it'll end well for them. Uh, let's take a quick break. We come back. We'll play you some sound about Xavier Worthy. Uh, from Hook'em Up. I also want to get some more of your text messages. 512-447-3776 right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and Soul 60, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. It's a pity, low down and dirty shame. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. It feels like a blues week, so I'm playing blues for you. Just basically listening to some blues. The weather, weather makes you feel like it. Man, all that rain yesterday. I slept through a lot of that rain. That was good sleeping rain. I know some of you were still finishing where I finished up here in uh and uh, that was a uh, was good, good, good weather to just lay down to and then pass out, uh, get some rest after a long, long weekend where there was things happening seemingly every night, and I felt like it was going to be done. But then I was, went to a show on Friday, and the Cowboys played on Saturday, and you hung out with some friends, and then Sunday is New Year's Eve, and you get a call from some friends, and then Monday you're watching the game, uh, and then I wake up early on uh, Tuesday to come do the morning show, and. Uh, not a morning show guy. That's why I'm an afternoon show. That's why we do the afternoon show the sports complex here for you. If any of the other people are not morning people, that's, that's why I learned very quickly going in there and uh, waking up in the morning and thinking, boy, I'd rather sleep than talk sports right now. That's kind of what my thought was at 4, 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning when I was waking up. Uh, but we went in and had a good show. You can listen to that on the podcast page. Uh, recapping Washington and uh, Texas for five hours on Tuesday morning. 
Uh, back on the text line, 512-447-3776. Texter says, happy after holidays, Patrick. Still been keeping up with the Rockets. Two tough games coming up after the Nets tonight. They do have the Nets tonight. Uh, should be a good game. The Nets are playing their third out of four, uh, three out of four days. This is the back-to-back. This is the end of the three out of four days. Usually not a great sign for basketball teams. They've been playing pretty poorly, and the Rockets playing good at home. I haven't been watching a ton of Rockets. They're not necessarily the most fun team to watch. Uh, they play really good defense, which isn't necessarily the most fun thing to watch at all times when it's not your team. Dylan Brooks is on the team, which I'm not a huge fan of. So there's a lot I don't really like. There is some good stuff. They are a good team, not disparaging the team. They they look a million times better than they did last year. They were unwatchable last year, uh, and they didn't play defense then. But I've not watched a ton of Rockets. There still is the deep-seated Spurs rivalry with them, so it's harder for me to watch them and just – impartially watch and not root against them, but they are good. I'll keep watching them as the season goes on. Now that football is wrapping up, too, and the college football is wrapping up, it gives me some more time to watch basketball. I've been splitting it, and now it'll be more basketball time and more of my league pass and all of that, keeping up with everything. Uh, but, yeah, they, they they I mean, they're tougher games. They're, you know, I think they're doing pretty well. They Shingun looks really good. I still, that was a guy that I wanted the Spurs to look at, probably would help them out with Wimby and have that center. That Collins is good, too. But, you know, I, I, look, we'll see how the Rockets keep continuing throughout this year. If they can continue to grow, I think email was the right hire there as well. Uh, Texter says, uh, Arbor 81 says, I like PK, and I know they're moving the defense in the right direction. I pray these edge rushers that are coming in will make a big difference in the pass rush. The pass rush and the secondary performing well go hand in hand. One becomes better because the other is becoming better. I don't think teams are fear our defense yet. They feared our run defense this year, but not our overall defense. I think we're back as far as competing till they make college football playoffs. I think we're, uh, we'll complete the national championship game once we have a defense that can be dominant. I'm a little worried about replacing our defensive tackles and some of our run-stopping linebackers for next year. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. It's nice to see Alfred Collins coming back, and you know, you're know you hoping to get some guys that to take that step forward during the offseason. I agree with you. I don't think people fear our defense. I think they fear their offense. And one of the teams in the national championship right now, no one fears their defense. We didn't fear it, and we they scored thirty one. We only scored thirty one points on them, but we didn't fear them. We Braylon Trice, you fear that was the only defender you actually feared from Washington, and they they're in the national championship game. So I think that you know you you don't necessarily have to have the fearful defense. Uh, you'd like to get the pass rushing up. I agree hundred percent. You want to see that grow, and that's why you really want to get Trey Moore to have that immediate impact. Colin Simmons again. If Colin Simmons turns out to be half the player they think he is, he's going to make a big difference uh, impact on defense. Eventually, if he's what they say he is right now, he could be playing snaps next year and making a def- uh, difference. So, uh, I, I and I get the defensive tackles as well. It's going to be an issue. You're going to have to replace it, but you know you're going to hope for the best and continue to recruit big humans. And again, the transfer portal I don't believe is closed. I think it's still open. So I think they're you know you never know. It's got to be the right fit. They keep saying that. Dexter says Horn should be playing Monday as bad as third quarter was. It was a miracle after their player got hurt and stopped the clock. Then take that ball in the 14. You take your shots in the end zone with 15 seconds left. I, I get it. I get it's frustrating. The game was over before then, by the way. <laughs> like Everyone I've talked to who covered this game for the past month would have said that basically after the Jaden Blue fumble, like you after the third quarter, you were pretty much saying, all right, they went up 10. It's going to be really hard to come back from two scores. Then the fumble and everything that happens in it, you Kellen DeBoer mismanaged that fourth quarter. Like He just mismanaged. Uh, that fourth quarter completely. He wasn't expecting Texas to have the fight to come back in that game. They did. Uh, but I think I honestly think the better team won. The boy, the way Michael Penix Jr. played, I think the better team won. I we had a shot. We had every shot in the world. If he throws that pass differently and he throws that in uh, outside shoulder pass, we win and we're playing on Monday. 
Uh, but I'm not going to hang into that because it was lucky we got there anyway. Uh, I do want to play the sound. We're going to get back to the text line in just a second, 512-447-3776. But the news was today that Xavier Worthy, or news last night, is Xavier Worthy is heading to the NFL draft. And uh, Rob Babers broke down this morning what that could mean for Xavier Worthy uh, in his comparisons in the NFL. All right, let's talk uh, about Xavier Worthy really quick, and then we'll get to uh, Texas passing game versus Washington, uh, kind of what went wrong and uh, what – what Texas could have done a little bit better to be more effective in the passing game versus Washington. Um, probably won the ball more. Probably would have helped the passing game be more effective. But I digress. Getting back to it, Xavier Worthy did announce that he is heading to the NFL. Uh, I think he's number three all time. If you look at the hierarchy of the, the greatest tex- receivers in Texas football history. Here's his case. He's um, fifth all time in receiving yards in a career. Uh, he has two spots in the top ten in single-season touchdown uh, uh, campaigns. He's second and ninth uh, on that list. He is third all-time in touchdowns in a – receiving touchdowns in a career, sixth in receptions in a career, uh, seventh uh, ranked in uh, a single-season reception campaign. So he's got the seventh-best season there. So he's – I mean, and last year actually was a down year for him. So he actually really only had two good years. Last year was a bit of a down year for him. Probably could have been much higher – uh, in some of these statistical categories. And, of course, if he had stayed longer, he'd have probably been number one in, in all these categories potentially. Uh, and I think the added value of him being a, a great punt returner, an elite punt returner, also helps you in terms of the um, him being a fan favorite. Longhorn fans remember something exciting happening a lot when – Xavier Worthy touched the ball, whether it be the deep balls that he caught or whether it be the punt returns. He caught a lot of touchdowns, which I like for my wide receivers. So I would say definitely top five. My argument would be third best receiver uh, all time behind Jordan Shipley, who I think is to go, and Roy Williams. If you want to put Roy Williams ahead of Jordan Shipley, you could do that. But like I said, my argument against Roy Williams, who I played with, by the way, my former teammate, who I love the guy, uh, was that he never caught a touchdown in the Texas OU game. Can't call you the GOAT of wide receivers if you don't call a touchdown in the Texas OU game. So I'll give that to Jordan Shipley. I think Roy is second. Uh, but I think Xavier Worthy's, you know, he's right there in that category. Um, in terms of – I had somebody ask me, out of all those great wide receivers, which one would have been the toughest to cover? For me, I'm going to say Jordan Shipley would probably be I was going to ask you that cover. same question right there. Yeah, right? I think, I think Jordan, Jordan Shipley – honestly, and this is why. It's, honestly, it's, it's, it's about Jordan Shipley. I mean, his route running was just superb. He was an elite route runner, elite. And his deceleration acceleration was excellent out of his breaks. And he was a physical wide receiver. Oftentimes, you know, uh, playing bump and run coverage, I could press a receiver and I could throw them off of their route, redirect them. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to do that. He, uh, Jordan Shipley was a lot stronger than people gave him credit for, like strong route runner. Just a great athlete, too. I mean, coming out of Burnett and oh, you know, three hands. sports. Oh, man. Really good athlete. But, uh, but what I could not of a coach, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And I love me some Bob Shipley, by the way. I think I got some Bob, I got some Shipley merch coming, actually. Nice uh, for Bob Shipley, uh, who I do work with on on Texas football. He's fantastic. Do football theory with him. Go check that out. It's our YouTube channel. But anyway, um, I think this is why it would have been tougher to defend um, uh, Jordan Shipley out of all the top wide receivers, the X Man or Roy Williams. It's the chemistry with Colt that I could not defend. 
That's, that's true. That's the, this, the chemistry and the accuracy. I'm, I think about that when I'm defending myself. I'm like, well, who's throwing the football? Listen, I love, I love Quinn. Quinn's great. I, I, I would have been – I think I would have been able to defend X-Man because X-Man is most, mostly speed, and I just got to be able to reroute uh, X-Man. And one of the things X-Man doesn't do really well is play through contact a lot of the times. That's why even though Jabbar Muhammad, he's a physical player for Washington at the corner, I, 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 I think I would have won my fair share against him. I won my fair share against Roy. Uh, so I know how to cover Roy Williams. And like I said, it, Chris Sims throwing him the football, that's legit. But I know how Chris throws football. He want, Chris wants to throw the football through you. Not a lot of touch. Throws it hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I know angles to the football-wise, he ain't going to put a touch, like, touch right over my head. He's going to try to put it through me, through that window, that really tight window. So I, I think I'll, I'll be better defending that as well. Uh, what I can defend is Cole McCoy's touch and accuracy and the chemistry and the bromance with him and Jordan Shipley. Dude, they're running option routes out there. They go just they go just run to he you know what I, mean? I don't know if I remember <laughs> that that it was beat to death or they were friends right Jordan and Cole <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like I, you can't defend that as a DB that's that's the hardest thing to defend is chemistry so I think that's why it would have been the toughest part, I, mean, that, I think that dovetails back to the Washington game with Michael Penix he's got that chemistry and he's that with, good of a thrower great point with all three of them guys all three of those guys uh, that's a great point so yeah for that that's in terms of I had somebody ask me the question I'll throw that out no, there that's good I was going to actually ask you that anyhow yeah, um, yeah. but I'll say this about X Man too um, one thing I admire about X-Men, though, he is small, small-ish, and you're going to hear this during scouting season. They're going to be knocking him because they're going to be like, he's small, he's small, he's small. But he's physical for a small little dude. He is. Right? He, he, he's not, to him. Yes, he's not afraid of contact and not afraid of the physical play. I don't think Sark will recruit a, a – Sark likes speed demons. He likes slight-ish, small-ish receivers who can run. He's got another one coming in in this class who's kind of a – remember that last receiver they committed? He's kind of an uh, X-Man starter kit. Like Xavier Worthy started to get the one out of California. I forget his name. Uh, Aaron Butler. Head. Yeah, he's got a lot, he's got a little bit of that in him. Sark likes speed. He's bringing in Matthew Golden. Matthew Golden's got some of that smallish speed demon, but he's a little bit more stout. I will say this about Sark and his um, his affection for these types of, re- of receivers, um, and he he likes them and he knows how to utilize them. Most coaches in the NFL they actually steer clear of these types of smallish fast receivers. Um, because they don't think they can play through contact. Think the NFL is too physical for them. Once they get to a press man league like the NFL, that's physical. That small receivers like Xavier, they'll end up getting hurt, or they won't be able to get open downfield. And for years, actually, NFL's coaches believe this, and this was you know, part of their data evaluation. And receivers like Xavier Worthy, they would drop in the draft. I'll give Sark credit, and Sark can do it intentionally. But Sark has actually changed wide receiver evaluation at the NFL level, and I, I, I got proof of it. So uh, they have what they call body mass index, for those who don't know. And I'm not saying I, I swear by body mass index. I can give a damn about it. It's just a, a reference. It's a, uh, a quantitative way to measure, uh, you know, body fat and height and weight. And it's basically a measurement of those, the combination of those things, right? And they call it body mass index. So if you look at a body mass index, so we're basically trying to see how slight a guy like Xavier Worthy is. He's 6'1", 172. Uh, his body mass index is around 22.7. If you look at wide receivers with below average body mass index and and the average for these wide receivers, let's put it at 25. So we're looking at wide receivers with below a 25 body mass index. To give you a little bit of perspective on that, Zay Flowers was drafted right in the first round. He's at 26, and he's a smaller receiver. But he's stout. He's Quick thick. as heck. He's thick, though, right? He's thick. He's at 26 body mass index. Uh, X-Man's at 22.7. Devontae Smith's at 23. 
Yeah, that's the comp I get with him. He's the smallest guys, right? They're smallest well, guys. Remember, Devontae Smith came back for his senior yeah. year and won the Heisman. Jo- Jordan Addison, you've seen him. He's slightish, right? Jordan Addison, his body mass is at 24.1. He's a slight-ish guy, small-ish Hollywood guys. Brown kind of comes to mind. Yes, that's exactly right. These types of guys. The NFL would shy away from those receivers because they didn't think they were physical enough and they didn't think they were big enough. Um, and I'll give you a stat. So uh, there, been, there were 24 wide receivers drafted in the first two rounds, all right, with a 25 BMI or less since 2000. All right, so since 2000, 24 wide receivers drafted in the first two rounds with a 25 BMI or less. Since 2000, how about this? There have been nine of them drafted since Devontae Smith was taken in the top ten. Changed the narrative. Sark did. Won the game. Sark, and if it won the Heisman, right? He won the Heisman, drafted in the top ten. Probably well, I, the highest, I, I look highest draft pick of those receivers who are small-ish and slight-ish. And what Sark did was provide a blueprint on how to use them. And now we have NFL offenses who are trickling up to the NFL. There's no such thing as a pro-style offense anymore in a college offense. They're essentially running the same schemes and concepts. And now you can take Sark's blueprint for a small-ish, slight receiver and go, hey, we can do that. And who does that as much, uh, more than the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles? They essentially run what a lot of people thought, would describe as college concepts, Whoa. RPOs, uh, a lot of targets to motion, uh, obviously the quarterback run game being a bigger part of that. So I think Sark not only – Unintentionally, I think he shifted the narrative about these types of receivers because he provided a blueprint how to use them. Well, and let's also say in this day and age, you can't headhunt receivers, right? You can't, you can't, you can't take them out. Yep. Uh, so they do. They can't last longer, I think would be the way to put it. They're more durable. And, look, I would say this for, for, for X-Man. You know, Devontae Smith came back for a senior year at Alabama and ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. I do think if X-Man were coming back for a senior year, he'd be – that kind of player. I don't know if he'd win the Heisman, but he's going to be Quinn Ewer's favorite target. He's going to be a guy who's going to rack up big numbers. He's going to return some punts. So he'd be in that conversation. So I do think the, the comp for me is somewhere in the NFL, Rob, between Devontae Smith and Marquise Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. Remember the kid out of Oklahoma? Yeah, it's not bad. That, that, that's where I see him. Now, will he reach the level of Devontae Smith, or is he going to be closer to Hollywood Brown, who's really just a, just a deep threat uh, that never has developed into a full-time, all-around receiver in the NFL – uh, Devontae Smith has. Now he's got A.J. Brown to help him too there. It's I think that's why I think, com- they complement each other well. I think a lot of your success in NFL is based on, built on the system. It's based on the system. Yeah, who's throwing you the ball? Hollywood Brown ended up with who? Well, he ended up with the Lamar Ravens, Jackson. The Ravens, who, by the way, it ain't Lamar, Lamar Jackson can throw the football. We see that now. But the Ravens didn't want to spread the ball out. Yeah. They didn't want Robert. They wanted tight ends yeah, and Yeah, it was the Ravens without this offense. Yes, if he was in this offense, he'd actually be doing pretty good. They were running an antiquated offense, but they wanted to maximize Lamar Jackson. He won the, he won the MVP running that offense. So I'm not knocking it, but it wasn't good for necessarily a wide receiver in that offense. And then he went to Arizona, and the culture in Arizona was just toxic. So I don't know if anything grows. And yeah, and there. I'd say this for you know, if you get a career like Hollywood Brown, he's a good player. No, he's a good player, but my point is, it, it just just like your comp for him about for Xavier Worthy, I think it's about the system they go in. What system did Devontae Smith in? He ended up in a really a decent system, right? He had uh, it was a good offensive culture. Even after Doug Peterson, you had uh, you know Shane Steichen coming in there with uh, with Sirianni, and they ran a really uh, I would say it's a wide receiver friendly system. It's compatible sure. wide receiver. Well, especially after the with trade with AJ Brown, and you brought yeah. a complimentary player. Yeah, and their run game is so good, and they know how to use him. Well, I think. 
for X-Man, this deep receiver class could help him because he's going to get drafted probably lower in the first round and go to a team that's got good players. Or pushed into the second round, a team could trade up for him. Yeah, like yeah. Like Kansas City or somebody yes. like that that needs him. Um, uh, I agree with that. Um, it was one little stat just to continue, just to uh, put a bow on it. 24, 24 wide receivers drafted in the first two rounds with 25 body mass index or less. I just pointed out Devontae Smith's at 23, X-Man's at 22.7. Uh, so this is since 2000, and 10 of them. All right, 10 of those uh, receivers have come in, uh, in the last three years. That's since Devontae Smith basically was taken really high in the draft. So almost half of the wide receivers in, in the last 23 years who have uh, been drafted in the first two rounds with a 25 or less BMI have happened in the last three years. That is, I think, short, start kind of shifting the narrative a little bit with those guys. Eight of those, uh, talking about, you're talking about uh, eight in the previous 16 years. All right, uh, you started talking about that. Well, sorry, 14 now in the previous 16 years, but 10 of those in the last three years. Um, I think that's a big part of that is Sark. Now, the key is, going back to it, only 2,000-yard seasons out of all those receivers. So they, they, don't, they don't get a well, lot that's of That's the thing. I don't know the productivity. Uh, yeah, I, look, and this is why I think the, uh, what, what Sark had vision for X-Man and A.D. Mitchell, right? A.D. Mitchell became kind of the go-to guy in the red zone. Uh, I mean, X-Man was the explosion player, right? He was going to create big plays um, and punt returns, uh, much like we see Devontae Smith. But when you need a first down or you need something big, you're probably going to A.D. Mitchell. Yep. I, I still think the NFL favors the bigger body guys, but the, you like those guys as the complement, the guys that take the top off a of defense, the Brandon Cooks kind of guys. That That's exactly right. You're going to use them. They're going to make a defense worry about them, but you're yeah. probably going to have a C.D. Lamb too. Now you're probably going to have a, um, you know, I mean, what, do you, what do you call Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk's a bigger guy in San Francisco, but he's the man beater. Mm-hmm. Right, the man beater. So exactly you're right. going to double up on Debo. You got to watch on Kittle. What do you do with McCaffrey? And then it's Brandon Ayuk getting single covered all the time. That could be X Man if you put him in the right offense. Totally agree. And he's going to beat man coverage quite a bit. Yeah. So those guys, like I said, there may be something to it, some substance that they don't produce at the NFL level you want to. But I think ultimately that's because NFL coaches are behind the times a little bit. Uh, some of these newer coaches who are uh, using these receivers in the right way, using that Sark blueprint uh, to weaponize them, I think you'll start to see more of those guys like Devontae Smith. They'll now like a Zay Flowers potentially in the right system. Hell, I think even you know Tank Dell was a third-round wide receiver, but he's in that category that's too. That's a good one. Tank, Tank Dell, he was a third-round. But he's right there. He's a great player. And he got hurt, though. And elite so, quickness. <laughs> elite quickness was, I think, what X-Man will have when he gets to the combine. Yep. Some good stuff there from Hook'em Up with Ian Robby. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. Text line still open, 512-447-3776. Texter still texting in about the game. Uh, Texter says, uh, hot take, Texas should have reigned at the end of the game. And at a minimum, they should have had a two-running back formation more in the second half. Uh, at the very end, they couldn't run the ball as much because of the no timeouts. Uh, it just became much harder to run the ball uh, in that last 45 seconds. They didn't. They had one timeout, uh, so it just became more difficult to run the ball. Uh, but they should have run more two. They should have run the ball more. Just, but that's we all know that. And run more two running back. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go back and look at what Washington gave you, it just never seemed to. It felt like Sark was playing a waiting game for Washington to adjust for them running, and then he was going to be able to do what he wanted to do, and they just never adjusted uh, because they weren't doing it enough. Uh, and so if they could have run the ball, they could have gotten the adjustments they wanted. But I agree with you. I agree with you there. WPI Parts Guy says, top four wide receivers from Texas, Shipley one, Cosby two, Roy Williams three, and Xavier Worthy at four. Not a bad list. I probably have Roy Williams over Quan Cosby, and I know Quan's an awesome guy, and I love, but I probably have Roy Williams over him. Uh, but and Xavier Worthy's right in that conversation. He's right in that conversation. Uh, he just, I don't know, the, the two years of not the success probably hurt 
where his rankings are, but he was so good in those two years. And this year, I think, you know, we put, if he didn't have the injuries at the end of the season, could have been even more electric. Uh, and what he meant, returning the ball as well. Uh, but, uh, yeah, those four, those four seem like a pretty good top four, uh, whatever order you're going to put them in. Uh, Chan says, uh, ben, uh, Bo Davis uh, is being courted by LSU. Any idea if he is staying uh, out, uh, staying or otherwise? I Look, as far as I know, he's making a million dollars a year at Texas, so I would assume he's staying. Uh, I would assume they, would, they might even give him some more. I mean, I just don't know if LSU is going to be able to give him that amount of money uh, or what, or if they're going to give him a bigger role and what you know what the negotiations are. I, I'm sure they want him. I'd want him too if I was another school and you see what they what he's done. Uh, but you know, it may just be. And I don't know if he. I don't think he has any ties to Brian Kelly either. So I don't know where it would come as a recruiting tool. Uh, but it may just be at the end of the day, Texas may have to pony up some more money. Maybe you have to pony up with their title, whatever it is. But I know what he was able to do here. So I think there's a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are probably having conversations their agents are at least having conversations and those reports may leak out if they want to go back to texas and get a race that's that's business it's the way it's done uh and uh texter says uh stricter pi calls help with smaller wide receivers don't need to be as strong that does help uh, the game being basically re- being made to be they want the big plays and so if you're a big play player they're going to try and help you out more you can uh, you know, you still are going to have people get bumped in the line of scrimmage, but there's ways you can fight around things. And, and I think Xavier Worthy's shown a lot of that. Uh, and in the right system, he could be the guy. The question is, can he get to the right system and the right quarterback and all of that? Uh, but I do think he can be successful in the NFL. I don't know if he's ever, you know, I don't think he turns into Jamar Chase or, or Justin Jefferson. I think that may be a little too high. But a successful wide receiver in the NFL, sure, yes. I think he could be a guy, probably not his rookie season, but maybe down the line ends up on your fantasy football team as well, getting some big plays over the top. Uh, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, uh, if any more texts come in, 512-447-3776. We'll get to those, and we'll wrap the show up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. All right, wrapping up here on a Wednesday. We'll come back tomorrow, get into uh, start to get into the national championship game a little bit more, but that's not until Monday, so we may not get to add too much. We'll talk. Maybe if there's more text news, we'll get into that. Of course, more of your text messages. We'll keep the show rolling. A lot more NFL talk tomorrow, some NBA talk, uh, college basketball. By the way, women's basketball starting at 6 o'clock, taking on Texas Tech. Uh, Rory Harmon is injured for the season, torn ACL. So big news, uh, women's basketball going to be trying to hang in there. Uh, and deal with Roy Harmon's injury, but hopefully they won't get a win over Texas Tech tonight. Uh, until then, until tomorrow, when we get back to you. Be kind, be safe, keep yourself, uh, keep your underwear clean. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow. More of the Sports Complex, 4 p.m., right here on The Horn.